Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to a super early 4.30 a.m. episode of the M3 Podcast. Today is a special day. Uh, it's a special night, really, but it's special because this is the first episode where I actually have a guest. Normally, it's just me talking, so it's pretty cool um, to get some insight from somebody else. So this episode is going to be dealing with uh, mental health in relation to sports from the perspective of an athlete. I've been wanting to do something like this for the longest because I know there are certain pressures and things that athletes go through that a lot of us are not even like aware of. So, you know, so uh, I'm going to let my guest introduce himself before I speak about him from my standpoint. So, sir, go ahead and introduce yourself to the lovely people. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Jawan. Um, I played college football. I played sports my whole life, but um, football has been my main sport. Like I said, I played uh, through college, so, um, you know, I'm excited to be here, excited to talk a little bit about how mental, about my mental health has personally been affected as an athlete and about mental health and athletes in general. So, uh, obviously, for those of you that do not know me personally, Juwan is actually my little brother, and uh, we are separated by two and a half years, so that's, uh, that's another reason why this episode is cool, because I'm probably going to get to, you know, hear some things from my brother that I've not heard before. So this is going to be kind of a personal episode. Uh, I do want to give a disclaimer uh, since this is my first guest. I just want to let the people know at home, uh, I believe in freedom of speech and freedom of expression. So every time I have guests, uh, I allow my guests to speak how they want or whatever. I don't try to censor my guest. So um this episode, if it is marked explicit, then you know why. If it's not, then there you go. So just make sure you pay attention to what the episode was marked as so that way you know what type of language or what type of content is going to be in this particular episode. But yeah, like I said, I just want to give this uh, that particular disclaimer so nobody is caught off guard. So uh, that being said, man, uh, I guess you could just start from the beginning. Um, I know you gave like a little bit of an introduction, but... Uh, I guess you can start wherever you feel comfortable, and then we can just go from there. Um, start from where I feel comfortable. Um, I guess I should start maybe from high school, I guess I would say. Okay. Because I feel like high school is maybe the first time that I really felt that sports kind of had a bearing on my mental health. Right. Um, you know, younger years, middle school, uh, it's more so you're doing it for fun. I mean, right. even if you're serious about it, it's, you know what I mean, it's middle school. Um, but high school is when politics come in, things start to get serious. Uh, you got to start, you know, worrying about getting to colleges, things like that. Yeah. So, um, as you know, Jamel, freshman year, I started off at Campbell. Right. And we weren't very good. So uh, I decided to leave and go to a different school. Kale. I, I went to Kale yeah. High School. In Kennesaw. And, um, it was a complete turnaround, actually. We were actually undefeated that season. And you would think to go from a team that wasn't very good to go to a team that's undefeated would be like a dream transition. But, in fact, it was actually quite the opposite. I remember that, dude. That was tough. Yeah, it was actually quite the opposite because, like I said, once you get to high school, uh, the politics start to sort of play a part. And I guess it kind of gives you a glimpse into what's in store for the rest of the world because nowadays everything is politics. You're absolutely right about that. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I had a bad experience at Kale, but I will say that my experience wasn't favorable. Right. Um, 
in my year there, uh, I played sparingly on varsity. Um, let me rewind just a little bit. Um, so high school, I played quarterback. Right. Um, and my year at Cale, I played sparingly on varsity as a receiver. Right. And I played quarterback on the junior varsity. Right. So, um, I mean, it was it was pretty expected. Uh, right. There was a senior starting quarterback, so I didn't really expect to possibly get any, like, to really get much burn at quarterback right. on varsity. Um, but once the season ended and we started to, like, go through spring practices and things like that and prepare for the next season coming up, the senior quarterback had graduated, and it came time to kind of try to find the backup quarterback. And they kind of overlooked you a little and bit? Or? I wouldn't say completely overlooked because they still, quote-unquote, gave me the shot right. to, like, kind of compete for the position. Right. But politics. Exactly. Politics. <laughs> yeah, politics. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there came the element of the person who I was competing with, um, He'd been there for years, even through the middle school program. Right. His father was pretty good friends with the head coach. Right. And, you know, they were all pretty close. So it kind of kind of seemed that I didn't really have a shot from the beginning. Okay. Um, because, I mean, don't get me wrong. The kid, he's, the kid was a baller. He was good. Right. But I believe that I could have competed with the kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I would say that probably is the first time where football really negatively affected my mental health right. because at that point things kind of seemed like wow where I kind of I kind of packed up left the school where I was comfortable to come here to a school where I wasn't very comfortable um right. obviously you know Kel I mean it's a, a it's a dive kind of diverse school yeah, but kind of is but kind of yeah, you know I mean? is but yeah, kind of like, ain't though it's yeah. kind of is but it's really not right yeah it's so, up in Kennesaw it's so not necessarily a school that I really felt comfortable in but at the same time it was cool i was able to find my friend group gotcha it just wasn't my favorite school i was kind of just going there for the good football team i can definitely understand so when things went bad with the football team it was kind of like okay well why am i here yeah like what the fuck (laughs) fuck am i still doing right yeah so i packed up ended up going back to campbell the school that i was originally at because um the way that that happened actually was second semester at kale um some of my old teammates were hitting me up saying like, "Yo, we got new coaches coming. Right. Uh, we need a quarterback. We got a new coach coming in, Coach Smitty. He was here before you got to Campbell, and he's a good coach. He, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And so that kind of got me intrigued to coming back and seeing what the new coaches had to, you know, what I'm saying had to say. And then that was an opportunity for you to go back and play the position that you right. want to play anyway. Definitely, it gave me the opportunity to go back and get a fair chance to play at the position that I wanted to play. Right. So, um. Long story short, like I said, we met with the coaches, and I ended up going back to Campbell, and I ended up getting the starting position, starting from my last two years of high school. Right. Um, my my two years of starting came with ups and downs mentally. Okay. Um, even with the new coaches, we still weren't the best. Yeah. But I would say I made the best of the situation. I'm a, we about to say we we gonna touch on that specifically like later on because I know I definitely have some questions that's kind of rooted in just the mindset of the quarterback because like in specifically football man like the quarterback is seen as like being at fault for everything, everything. so it's i mean I'm, if you win it's your yeah, fault if you lose, lose yeah fault. yeah so the quarterback is basically seen as the face of the team so right. we're definitely gonna get into that right. but um 
starting first, like I know you said, uh, it didn't really start hitting you until high school, which is interesting because I, uh, you know, like in middle school, that's when a lot of parents start treating it like, okay, well, you know, you, you play middle school ball now. So even though you're in middle school, a lot of parents already start looking at college and talking right, about, you know, right. Well, parents, that's because that's because now a lot of the colleges are trying to go find those studs and those freak kids in middle school. Right. So a lot of the parents are trying to push their kids to, I guess, get ahead and be that be that kid that's getting attention from mm-hmm. colleges, even though he's only in middle school, which I mean, I don't necessarily agree with. Right. But. I mean, I feel like people are free to parent their kids the way they want to. Right. And some kids enjoy it. Some right. people, some kids enjoy the grind for colleges and scholarships from a young age. Right. So, I mean, but that's what a, that's what a line <laughs> get blurred, man. Uh, because like speaking speaking from personal experience, like why I stopped playing sports is because I was one of the kids who played it just because I enjoyed it, but I didn't like feeling like right. Being in sports had to be something that had to be taken so serious. Right, you didn't like the pressure. It, you yeah, were there, it's just you like were there to have fun because th- I feel like there's a difference between competitive and th- th- like the the pressure to be competitive, and then the pressure to be good at this from the standpoint of like this is supposed to be something that you're supposed to be doing right. with your life. Like I have no problem pushing a kid or me personally being pushed to be more competitive or want to beat the next man. Hell, I was in a church league, you know we damn near cussed our coach out because uh, we was undefeated the whole season. And the only game that we lost was because some bad calls by the refs. And the coach was kind of, you know, he just passively kind of, you know, just let us take the L. And, you know, we was pissed. So I've never had a problem with competition, but I've never agreed with the concept of forcing a kid to care more about a sport than they really care about it. And that's basically what I was asking you. It's just because I know a lot of young kids go through that pressure of uh, essentially being made prodigy, prodigies in their parents' eyes, regardless right. if that's the path that they want or not. Like right. when I see Definitely. like shows like, uh, what is it, Friday Night Tikes, I think it is. Friday Night Tikes, yeah. Yeah, like you'll see like little kids, man, and you swear to God, like they all, like they playing for scholarships and they in peewee football. The crazy thing is they are. Yeah. That's the way shit is now, they are. Like kids are getting... College is starting to look at kids younger and younger and younger. Right. Because college sports are becoming so competitive and these schools are wanting to get the getting wanting to get the one up. But so, that's crazy. How like how can you how can you even gauge like okay, like I can understand maybe like looking at a kid from maybe eighth grade on, but like going into like maybe say like like sixth grade and below, you don't even know how tall the kid's gonna be. Like you don't know how that kid's gonna develop. How could you feasibly it's look all at it? Yeah, like how it's can you feasibly look at a kid? The thing that kind of that really killed me one time is I saw on Instagram there was a young kid. Um, he got shared on a some sports page. I can't remember exactly which one. Right. But I went to his Instagram, and it said he was like the number three ranked nine year old in the country. And I'm like, how are you ranking nine year olds? <laughs> like, how how the fuck does that work? You, you know shouldn't what I mean? be. You like, shouldn't be ranking kids that. You shouldn't how do you, be ranking how, kids that. Well, how do you? What do you use like to measure? What metrics are you using to measure how you rank nine-year-olds? Right. You know how many Pop Warner leagues there are in the entire country? Yep. There's no way that you're possibly keeping an accurate track of all the nine-year-olds in the nah, entire country. what it probably is is they probably got a league or something that they acknowledge. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's the same way that they do it in high school. Right. Um, the way that they do a lot of these rankings in high school is, obviously, if you're a stud on the field, it's going to get you ranked high. But these camps that the kids will go to in the summer. Okay. That's how you get those stars. Where you hear like a player is a three-star, four-star, five-star. 
because there's kids that'll go to like small schools, won't be that good, right? But they'll go to the camps. They'll be like a three star or a four star because they, all they do is fucking go through camps and do seven on seven. Let me guess, all summer. The, the camps cost money. Of course. So so of it's, course. it's almost like it's of almost course. like so you gonna pay. Yeah. Come to this camp. We're gonna give you some stars to help you get recruited. Uh, and that's another thing that kinda can put mental stress on the kid because you feel like colleges aren't gonna look at you because you don't have these stars because you you can't go to this camp or you can't go to that camp. Right. But there's kids on the field that are studs that can't get recruited because they don't have the means to to all this exposure or to get to these camps that some other kids do. That's crazy that politics plays that much into a sport Definitely. where it can sometimes override Definitely. talent. Politics and and things like that play so much into a sport of when I went to Dog Night, which is basically like UGA, they have a camp. I remember that. Yeah, UGA Man. they have a camp and it's supposed to be like their biggest camp, their biggest recruiting camp of the year. Right. And we were running the forties. First of all, I'm six foot three. Right. I'm a senior in high school. Right. And I ran a four three forty at UGA. Sheesh. For you, for those of you that don't know, four three is fast as hell. Like six three, super fast. Senior in high school and ran a four three forty at the UGA camp. So it's not like I just put on my profile that I ran a four three forty. Like the the, you the, actually the actual coaches are timing it, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like you would think when you hear that six three runs a four three, like you in there. You're, yeah, you're in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. But I ran the 4-3. I ran through the line. I stopped and I looked back and I saw the the guy. He looked down at his stopwatch. He looked up at me. He looked back down at his stopwatch and I walked back. He was like, what's your name? I told him my name. And he like basically told me what I ran or whatever. So then I went. I was talking to the receivers coach. And he we had a little short brief conversation. And he was like that he wanted to talk to me after the camp and that he would come find me and whatnot. And, right. and I didn't see him again the rest of the entire camp. Right. I tried to um, get with the group. So basically because they had so many kids, because obviously it's University of Georgia, it's a big right. ass school, so they're going to have a shit ton of kids there. Right. So they kind of split it into groups. And what they did was they put all of their guys that they already wanted, already offered, or were looking at in one group Okay. and put all the other kids in a different group. And all the other kids that were in the other separate groups, it was a million fucking people. You got like one or two reps per drill, so you couldn't even like really showcase what you could do. So they really had and they no really didn't pay you that much fucking attention. Yeah. It okay. was a cash grab. That's all it Man, is. If you're crazy. not one of those kids that they actually actively want, it's just a cash grab because they know they're not actually trying to look for you. So that that probably messes with a lot of players' psyches does. too, man. Because I mean, if it you if you does. go there and you feel like you know you're working hard. And then even when you put in that hard work, you seeing guys. Yeah, you feel like you're working hard. And, and now, granted, there are some people who feel or think that they're better than they are. Of course. But then there are some people that you just know. Like, at the end of the day, you know your talent. You know who you are. Right. And you know that you're working just as hard. You're putting in just as much work. And you're just as good as these other guys. But because you necessarily don't have that exposure, you're just a fucking grain of sand on the beach. Sheesh. Now I you definitely got to give us some insight of the uh, what a quarterback goes through because like I said before, man, I know quarterback you shoulder so much. Like I, I would say that a quarterback playing in, in football is unlike any position in any sport because oh, you're, no you're just there's so much pressure on no your doubt. shoulders the would, entire game. I would say the only position in any professional sport. That is as stress-inducing as quarterback is pitcher on a baseball. I would, yeah, baseball yeah, I can see that. I can definitely because see that. 
it's kind of it's kind of the same thing as playing quarterback. Right. When you pitcher, the ball is in your hands. Right. Make a break, the ball is in your hands. If right. they score, it's because of you. Right. Quarterback, the ball the ball is in your hands. You're the first person to touch the ball. The play doesn't start without you touching the ball. Right. So, regardless of whether it's actually your fault, if the offense is not producing, you're going to be the one that gets looked at. Mm. If the team is not winning, you're going to be the one that gets looked at. You're going to be the one to shoulder the blame. Right. And I'm not necessarily saying that's all the time. That's in every situation. Right. But a lot of the time, it's just the territory that comes with playing quarterback. Right. And that's a lot of what I had to endure, especially through high school. Um, as, like I said, we weren't, we weren't very good. And, you know, in high school, there's a lot of students that come to the games, but they don't actually know shit about fucking football. Right. So all they see is the team losing, and they think that we suck. Right. And... Because I'm the person who touches the ball first. Everybody knows who I am. All eyes are on me. My name is being said 30, 40 times a game. So everybody knows who I am. So when we lose, it's, oh, I don't know much about football. I don't really know that many people on the team. But but I I know who Jawan is, and I know Campbell sucks. Oh, man. Damn. So it's like you kind of got to shoulder that weight. Right. And then not to mention, even within the team, even if it's not necessarily your fault, it can kind of get the blame can kind of get placed on you just because you're the leader of the offense. You're supposed to be the one that gets the offense going. Right. And for people who don't really know much about football, it can seem like a lot of the fuck ups that happen are the quarterback's fault. But it's really not. But it's really not. And they don't really know what else is going on the field. But as a quarterback, that's not something that you can complain about. That's something that you just got to you got to take your licks and keep moving. You, gotta, you know yeah. what I mean? So how do, how do you cope with that, man? Because, like, when you when – I mean, it's a long season, first of all, and then being a, a student athlete because, I mean, hell, all the way until you get to, you know, to the NFL, it's essentially something to where you got to try to balance uh, school and got to balance, you know, playing football. But then on top of trying to balance all of that, you got all the stress of being the starting quarterback. Um, well, in high school, the, the school in football, like the balance of school and football is, mm-hmm. it's, it's not too bad right. because in high school, it's a lot different from college In high school football is an hour of weight training during the day. And then okay. two hours of practice after school. And then after that, you're free to do whatever, you know, okay. but in college and to clarify in college, I didn't play quarterback or play receiver. Right. So I didn't have as much as of the stress of the quarterback stress in college, but right. still this, as far as the stress of playing football and being a student, it's kind of like football is a job. Really? Honestly, you're up at six, eight, you're in, in, you're in the, in the, um, in the facility at 6am. Right. You're there until 12 and then you might go to class, do what you got to do in class, but you might have to get treatment later. Okay. Um, so it's really like it's really a full time job, and right. it can get a lot more stressful than people think it can. Um, the physical stress that we put our bodies through, getting first of all, the, the times, getting right. hit that many times, even in the off season, even when we're not playing, just the strenuous work that we put our bodies to through to prepare ourselves to get hit so much. Because right. to get hit so much and be able to take all those hits, your body has to be in extreme physical condition, right. or it's going to break down. You're going to you're going to get injured. You're going to hurt yourself. Right. So even just the the amount of strenuous work that we have to do in the summers where it's hot as hell, almost right. 100 degrees on the turf, and we out there dying, but mentally you got to 
know what I'm saying? You got to push through that. You right. got to want, you got to find something in you that makes you want it. And right. you got to push through that. Right. So that's a big thing that can really weigh on your psyche when you know, like you're out, you're doing all that work and out there in hundred degree weather, dying, killing yourself. And it just feels like it's not paying off because you're not seeing the results that you want as far as maybe getting on the field or getting as much play time as you want. Right. And it can be difficult. I can definitely like, it's a big thing. It's starting to spread in the um, like professional leagues now. A lot of professional basketball and football players are really starting to hone in on mental health, right, and shit like that because it's real. Like, oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's real. And then I, I feel like, I mean, this will this will be a separate conversation for another time. But I feel like men, especially, <clears throat> we have a harder time in the uh, in the. With, with with mental health issues just from the stigma of how a male is supposed to ap- operate and respond to emotional or mental stress or trauma. Right. So not only you being a male, but you also being an athlete, being a football player, y'all are seen, definitely seen in a different light and expected to be, I guess, to be a little bit cliche, to be a lot more macho than the average man. So people probably expect y'all to just suck it up and not really what's the name a lot more. Well, especially one thing that's really, really, really preached in college sports, especially football, mm-hmm. is being mentally tough. Right. Because, like I said, all the shit that we have to go through and put our bodies through, you're not going to be able to get through that unless if you're, you're not. mentally tough. Right. The grind of going through a football game, the grind of winning a football game, because there's ups and downs, bad things happen in the game. You might be losing. You got to be mentally tough. Right. But the thing, the 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 flip side, the bad part about constantly drilling and drilling and drilling into people's heads that they have to be mentally tough is it eventually, like you said, the line can become blurred between mm. being mentally tough and neglecting your mental health. Being so almost being numb, kind of. Right. Sometimes you. it can it can get to the point where. You know, you actually disregard your mental health because you're trying to be mentally tough. Right. See, and another thing people really don't talk about, especially in uh, when it comes to taking hits, uh, CTE is a big thing that started in the past few years that's been coming up right. uh, in regards to football. But a lot of people don't really probably know CTE actually can cause depression, anxiety, and a bunch of other mental illnesses that are definitely, out there. Definitely. There's guys yeah. that have... Um, Literally, there's NFL players like from long ago, like 70s, 80s, 90s, that have had like brain damage and literally have like gone on to kill their families and kill themselves because the constant hitting and hitting and hitting is fucking people's brains up. And it's literally fucking up the chemistry of people's brains and it's making them like people they don't even, you know what I mean? They don't even know themselves anymore. Right. To the point where, like, like I said, a man will snap and kill his family and kill his kids out of nowhere. Right. So... The constant trauma to the head, concussions, things like that. And the NBA, the NFL is definitely, football in general, they're definitely trying to make it a much safer place now with like all the targeting rules and stuff like that. Right. Can't lead to the head, contact or helmet to the, contact to the helmet is a penalty. So they're definitely trying to make it safer for people. But obviously in a sport where you're running into each other full speed, sometimes you're not going to be able to avoid those, oh, of course. those helmet collisions. Oh, of course. The, uh, football, I don't think football is a sport that's ever going to be 100% safe. Never. It, it, it can, I mean, it's, as Shannon Sharp says, you got two grown men, 220 plus, running into each other at full speed. Full speed yeah. it, it's, it's never going to be completely safe. But uh, 
I guess my next question to you would be, what advice could you probably give to young athletes or also fellow athletes who are struggling with mental health issues but feel like they can't, you know, say anything or... It's about fun. Right. No matter what level, how old you are, what level you're at, how serious you take the sport, it's about fun. That's why sports were invented, to have right. fun. It don't matter what you're, what you're going for, what you want to do, what your goals are. If you're not having fun, then you shouldn't be playing the sport. Right. Because that's, like I said, it's a game at the end of the day. Right. I mean, I get to some people that say it's not just a game, it's more than a game. Because to a lot of people, it is more than a game. To right. a lot of people, it can be a way out. It can be a way to a better life or a way to having things that they never had before. Right. So, like I said, to some people, it is a lot more than a game. But. Right. At the end of the day, it's just a game. And you can't remember that the most important element of the game is having fun. Right. And when you start to forget that element of having fun, that's when it's going to start to affect your mental health negatively and you're going to start to hate it. You're going to start to maybe feel a sort, of, a sort of depression or resentment or something of that nature. So that would be my advice to people who, to other athletes who may be struggling with their mental health or to young kids, just have fun with it at all times when when it gets stressful and feels like there's a lot of pressure just remember that you're playing it because you love it and you're playing it because it was fun right. if it was never fun you would have never started playing it you right know? so that's kind of what i had to kind of preach to myself to when times got hard because like i said there's ups and downs even not even like just in the game just throughout the length of your career there's going to be ups and downs because nobody just has a perfect career nobody just gets on the field as a five-year-old kid starts oh, and not. is a superstar their whole life of everybody goes not. through adversity so when you go through those trials and that adversity you got to find something to remind yourself right like, what you're doing it for and that's what's going to keep you sane absolutely well one thing i can say to all of my athletes that are out there to all my athletes that are listening i think uh mental toughness is something that is needed in life but i think we need to change the way we look at mental toughness. We need to change the way we look at what mental toughness is. Because yeah. to me, being able to talk about what the fuck is going on and acknowledge and identify what the fuck is going on right. is mentally tough. Because yeah. there's not many people that can do that. Absolutely. So I think if you're able to acknowledge, if you're able to identify what's going on, acknowledge it, and actively work to try to fix it, you're one of the most fucking mentally tough people on this planet. Well, you have, you have to be allowed to... It's it's uh it's it's maintenance so to speak it's 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 mental maintenance even you can be the the toughest guy on the planet but you you have to be able to acknowledge that you need to every think of it as like being a car you you can have the nicest car on the planet but if you drive that thing hundred thousand miles and never take it for a tune up the car gonna break down so it's the exactly. same thing with your brain so it's just like you exactly. can be you can be a fine tuned yeah. sports car you have a Ferrari exactly you have a Ferrari. You drive that bitch 200,000 miles and never, it's not gonna never matter. give it any maintenance. It don't matter. It's going to start driving like a 80, 84 Corolla. It's not going to matter. So, like I said, to those who are listening, just keep that in mind and uh, speak to other athletes. Speak to other athletes if you can. Um, you know, speak to family, speak to friends. We still got the M3 group chat, and you are more than welcome to hop on that. Once membership grows, I'm actually going to start making separate sections within the uh, within the actual group chat. And there is going to be a section that's basically specifically for athletes 
to where athletes can come together, share stories, and basically get help and guidance from other athletes because I think that's important for you to be able to uh, essentially network and speak to other people that go through the same thing that you go through. But I want to say thank y'all very much for listening. Jawan, thank you very much for doing this, sir. You're thank my you first guest. Me. Thank you for having me. You're my first guest, so that's a that's a huge deal. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks, same time on Monday. I want to thank y'all very much for listening. And uh, my positive quote of the day is brought to you guys by Hannah Montana. Life's what you make it, so let's make it right. <laughs> but anyways, man, y'all have a good one. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.